It's a precious moment when we break bread together, when we remember what Jesus has done on the cross for us, that he died for us, that his blood was shed for us. It's a beautiful moment. But it's also profound because uh, as we do that, the Holy Spirit is amongst us. And we're going to pick up that theme this morning as we continue in our series, The Spirit-Filled Church. And uh, we uh, this morning are going to look at the whole theme of being filled for purpose. So my name's Steve and uh, this week Annie and I have been in lockdown as you all have been. Uh, it's been an interesting week, all sorts of things have been going on around us. One of the things that's happened this week is uh, Annie's car, she's got a Fiat 500, uh, she calls it Betsy, and uh, Betsy uh, has had a water leak. And as I moved it this week, there's loads of water pouring uh, on the floor around my feet. And what's happened is the radiator uh, has, uh, has got a crack in it. And so it's leaking water. And uh, the problem with that is, is that if you leave it, eventually uh, there's nothing to cool the engine and the engine will overheat and the car will break down and do a lot of damage. So we've had it repaired this week. Uh, having a radiator filled with water is not an optional extra. It is essential. And likewise, being filled with the Spirit is not an optional extra. Jesus says we need to be filled with his spirit. It's essential, it's urgent, and it's with purpose. You see, after Jesus' death and resurrection, he told his disciples that he was leaving them. They were shell-shocked. They thought he was going to be with them and stay with them, and uh, they would continue to walk with him and work alongside him. But no, Jesus said he was going. And the reason he said he was going was that he would send the Holy Spirit to fill them. And we're going to read uh, just some of uh, what Jesus said to his disciples before he left from the book of Acts chapter 1. And I'm going to read a few verses from Acts chapter 1, verses 4 to 5 and verse 8 from the Christian Standard Bible. While he was with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise, which, he said, you have heard me speak about. For John baptised with water, but you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit in a few days. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth." Jesus promised that he would send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, as we saw last week, is God. The Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three persons, one God. The Holy Spirit has come to help us, Jesus said. But Jesus said we need to be baptised in the Spirit. Baptised was an everyday Greek word. It was in common usage at the time. It essentially just meant to be immersed, to be drenched, to be doused uh, in water. And, there, and so they would use the word uh, in uh, common parlance uh, 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 of a piece of white cloth that was being, being uh, uh, dyed in a coloured liquid. That's all it meant. And Jesus said 
Likewise, we need to be saturated with his spirit. Jesus wasn't offering good advice. He wasn't giving them some sound practice. Jesus was saying this is essential. Look, let me explain. This week, uh, uh, I decided that I would uh, do some work on the house. And we've got a problem with our guttering and with some of our roof tiles. And so I asked our neighbour if we could borrow their ladder. And uh, I was going to uh, have a look at it and see if I could sort the tiles out. So I borrowed the ladder, put the ladder against uh, the wall. The problem was is uh, uh, was that the, the guttering, the fascia behind the guttering had rot, was rotten and uh, the ladder wasn't quite tall enough. But I reckoned that if I stood right on the top rung of the ladder, I could just about reach the roof tiles. Annie's standing at the bottom of the ladder. Now, I want to say to you that what she said wasn't, hey, Steve, I think it would be a really good idea if you let someone who knew what they were doing help you. Actually, there was more of an edge to what she said. Basically, she said, Steve, get down from that ladder. You're not doing that without getting someone who knows what they're doing to help you. There was a real edge to it. She was giving me an instruction. When Jesus spoke to his disciples and said they needed to be filled with the Spirit, they needed to be baptised with the Spirit, it wasn't optional. Jesus was issuing a command. Jesus was saying to his disciples, you need to be filled with the Spirit. Now, sometimes it's easy to think that Jesus talking to his first disciples, that was just relevant to them. It's not really relevant to us today. I want to tell you that is exactly the tone that the Apostle Paul used when he was writing to the Ephesian believers. Uh, And uh, he said to the church in Ephesus, and you can read it in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. He says, be filled with the Spirit. He's talking like a sergeant major in the army. It's not an optional extra to get your haircut in the army. You don't, oh, I think I might get my haircut. No, 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 no. You get your haircut. Jesus is saying, be filled with the Spirit. It's a command. Jesus is saying uh, that we need to be filled and it's an ongoing filling with his Spirit. It's not just a one-off. We need to be filled every day with the Holy Spirit. So what's the purpose of being filled with the Spirit. We're going to consider three ways in which the Holy Spirit helps us. And the first is the Holy Spirit brings change. Now, when I became a Christian, uh, the Holy Spirit was already working in me um, because I'd come to faith. Uh, I would have never put my trust in Jesus if the Holy Spirit hadn't been doing something in my life. But I didn't know what it was to be filled with the Spirit. I, uh, I, I, but there came a moment when I was 23 where God filled me with the Spirit and everything changed. Everything changed. Suddenly, uh, I felt uh, uh, that the God was with me, helping me in a way that I hadn't felt like before. Now, God had been with me by spirit, but this was different. I was filled with purpose. I had a sense that God was leading me and calling me uh, in my life. That is the New Testament norm. 
We are to be people who are to be filled with the Spirit. Look at the disciples before Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, and look at them afterwards. Before the day of Pentecost, they were frightened, fearful, locked in, locked themselves in rooms for fear of the Jews. After the day of Pentecost, after they've been filled with the Spirit, they're bold, courageous. They're proclaiming to people who had uh, had persecuted and put Jesus to death. They're telling them all about the fact that Jesus is now risen from the dead. Suddenly they've gone from being fearful to being bold. Something has happened. What is it? It wasn't the circumstances. The circumstances hadn't changed. Jesus still wasn't with them. What has happened? The Holy Spirit has come on them and filled them. They are now filled with a sense of God's presence and they have changed. So how has the Holy Spirit changed them? How does the Holy Spirit change us? Well, he works on us in all sorts of ways. One of the ways that he changes us is that he changes our character. He works on our character. The Holy Spirit is looking to make us more like Jesus. The New Testament writers, Paul in particular, talks about us uh, 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 becoming like Jesus, talks about us imitating God. And when he says that, it's not just a throwaway remark. Actually, he means it. He means he wants us as believers to be more like Jesus. It is possible. How can that be possible? Well, it's possible because the Holy Spirit works on us and shapes us and changes us. The Holy Spirit fills us and and causes uh, the fruit of his presence in our life is what the Bible calls the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness and self-control. The Holy Spirit comes and fills us works on us and makes us more like the Lord Jesus. Are we there yet? Well, I'm not. You only have to ask Annie. She will tell you that there are moments that I'm definitely not like Jesus. But what about you? Are you anxious and fearful in this season? Or do you know the peace of God that guards your heart and mind, a peace that passes understanding? Are you patient and gentle or Are you prone to get cross and irritated? I don't know about you, but this week I I have found myself shouting at moments at the internet router because uh, our broadband has disappeared as if that was going to help. Are you growing in self-control in this season of lockdown? Or are you finding that you're eating too much, maybe drinking too much, just watching too much rubbish on TV? Self-control is a fruit of the Holy Spirit's presence. Listen to what Paul says in the message in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. As the Spirit of the Lord works in us, within us, we become more and more like him and reflect his glory even more. Being filled with the Spirit is not an optional extra for leaders and those who aspire to be leaders. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is for you and it's for me. And if we feel that we are missing something, 
We need to ask God to fill us afresh with his spirit. We need to do that every day. He changes our character, but he also changes our attitudes. Paul says we're to have the same attitude as Jesus. And we read all about that in Philippians chapter two. And Jesus uh, didn't consider equality with God as something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. And uh, taking up the very uh, nature of a servant became human and obeyed God. We're to be those who uh, have a, a similar attitude to Jesus. We don't, we're not those who conform to the pattern of this world's thinking, but we're transformed in our mind. Our minds are renewed by the Holy Spirit. Our minds are renewed towards possessions, our attitudes towards possessions. We read in the book of Acts how the early church filled with the Spirit. They didn't consider anything that they had was their own, but they willingly shared it with others. I tell you, it's a beautiful thing watching uh, the church, you, the church, uh, being willing to share uh, with those uh, who are struggling at the moment. I'm so encouraged. That's a beautiful, uh, a beautiful thing. And it's a sign that the Holy Spirit is working on you because the Holy Spirit works on us and changes our attitude towards possessions, also changes our attitude towards injustice. We read in the book of Acts how some people were being left out in the daily distribution of food. And so the leaders of the church, they looked for people who were filled with the spirit who were going to make sure that that didn't happen. I know some of you are passionate about injustice, caring for those in need. I just see the WhatsApp prayer group that is linked to our soup service team praying every week for a community of people who have far less than we do. They're passionate about injustice. That's a work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit changes our attitude towards outsiders. We read in the book of Acts how uh, as a result of the Holy Spirit speaking to Peter, uh, the Gentiles, outsiders, were drawn in. Suddenly, the church, as a result of what happened, the church embraced people from outside. It's a wonderful thing for us as a church to embrace those who are far from God. We want to be a church who reaches out to those who don't know Jesus. Maybe you're watching today and you have never given your life to Jesus. I want to tell you, it's the best thing you will ever do. Jesus can change your life. He changed a broken, messed up 20-year-old young man in Wales. And here I am today. I'm not perfect, but God has transformed my life and he can do that for you if you put your trust in him. The Holy Spirit also changes our direction. He comes and fills us and speaks to us. We read in Galatians that the Holy, we're to be those who live by the Spirit, who walk by the Spirit, who keep in step with the Holy Spirit. In the book of Isaiah, we read that the Holy Spirit comes to us and speaks to us. This is the way. Walk in it. Don't turn to the left or right. Walk in God's way. God leads us. He leads us individually and he leads us corporately as a church because uh, most of the New Testament was written to churches 
we tend to read it quite individualistically because that's uh, how we are in our culture. But it was written to groups of people. And so it has a corporate application. It means something to us as a church. So as we read the book of Acts, we see that God speaks to the church about sending Paul uh, on mission. And so Paul, uh, in Acts 13, we read that the Holy Spirit speaks to the leaders as they gather and they pray and they send Paul and Barnabas on their first mission trip. As Paul travels, the Holy Spirit speaks to him in moments, speaks to him prophetically in dreams, in visions. And there's a moment where the Holy Spirit speaks to him about going to Macedonia. He's a dream and he he senses that God's calling him to go to Macedonia. That isn't where he'd been planning to go. And when they get to Macedonia, the Holy Spirit leads him through his godly um, uh, wisdom. Uh, God gives us wisdom to uh, live this life. And so Paul uh, goes to the place for prayer. He knew that if he went to the place of prayer where they were doing washing down by the river, uh, he would come across uh, devout Jews. And as he gets there, he uh, meets a lady called Lydia and uh, he shares the gospel with her and she becomes a follower of Jesus. And then it moves on and we read about how he delivers by the power of God, being filled with the spirit, the signs and wonders that follow. And uh, there's a slave girl who is uh, oppressed and Paul sets her free and the slave girl's masters kick off and Paul ends up with Silas. They're in prison and circumstances are terrible. And, and the Holy Spirit leads us in circumstances as well. And so in the middle of the night, Paul finds there's a moment as they're singing, him and Silas are singing hymns and the rest of the prisoners are listening, that there's an earthquake and the doors spring loose and their chains fall off. But instead of going, Paul and Silas stay. The prisoners stay. And the, the prison, uh, the, the jailer, prison jailer is so impacted by what's happened, so impacted by what happened, that he comes to faith himself, him and his family. And that is how the church in Philippi started. The Holy Spirit led them. The Holy Spirit leads us as a church. He's led us prophetically. You remember the prophetic word that Guy had. And the result of that was that we started our second Sunday morning gathering in Kingsworthy. God worked on us and spoke to us about it, but used our God-given common sense, God, godly wisdom. And we uh, looked for the right venue, the only venue that was appropriate. And as a result of it, God opened the door uh, through prayer for us to meet in Kingsworthy Primary School. And our relationship with them has been great as a result. But also, uh, God speaks in our circumstances. And I'm beginning to wonder whether God is starting to speak to us in the circumstances that we find ourselves in today. Last week, we talked about God wanting us to be a people without walls, without uh, walls uh, hemming us in. God wanted us to be a people who were filled with his presence. I wonder in this season why whether God is speaking to us about being a people who are just not constrained by a building. God has miraculously given us the Middlebrook Centre. It's a God-given facility in a beautiful location in the middle of town. But I wonder whether God is wanting us not to just be restricted 
by the walls of a building. Sometimes everything can be about events and meetings. I wonder whether God is wanting us to be a people filled with the Spirit, not held back just by buildings. We will continue to use the building that we, God has given us. But I wonder whether God is going to do something new. There's going to be a new normal as we come out of this lockdown. The second point I want to make is that the Holy Spirit brings conviction. I want you to imagine uh, uh, the London Marathon. If you're going to take part in the London Marathon, you have to stick to the course. You can't just run 26 miles on a route that you want to run. You can't take shortcuts. If you want to get to the end and get uh, the award at the end, the little uh, certificate that says that you've run the London Marathon, you have to stick to the rules. And it's the same with the Christian life. We're Uh, The Christian life is described like a race that we have to compete according to the rules, uh, Paul says. And if we're going to do that, we need to follow the Holy Spirit's leading. You see, the Holy Spirit uh, not only shows us the way to go, but when we're in danger of going the wrong way, the Holy Spirit convicts us. He speaks to us. He stops us. Sometimes he does it as we read the Bible. We'll be reading something in the Bible and the Holy Spirit will prompt something else and we think, oh, I shouldn't be, shouldn't be saying that, shouldn't be doing that. Sometimes uh, uh, it's through uh, listening to someone preach. Uh, sometimes I have uh, people emailing me saying uh, it really spoke to me on Sunday about this particular issue. That's the whole work of the Holy Spirit. It's not me. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's through a friend, someone speaking into our lives saying, I'm not sure you should be doing that. The Holy Spirit works in all sorts of ways, but he convicts. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would convict us of sin, convict us of living the right, right way. Uh, The Bible calls sin uh, us living independently of God, living our own way, not his way. Jesus wants us to live by the Spirit, and if we live by the Spirit, we will live his way. The Bible says that we're to live holy lives. God wants us to live a different way to the ways of this world. And if we're going to do that, we're going to need to be filled with his Spirit. We're not going to be able to do it by our own effort. It's not about trying harder. If we're going to live this way, it's because the Holy Spirit dwells within us. Now, because of what Jesus has done, and we've remembered that in breaking of bread, we're declared righteous before God. We're declared right by God. But actually, we now have to live out of of this position, this status that we have of being right before God. We have to live in a new way. And we will only do that by the Holy Spirit helping us. And so we need to be people who are filled with the Spirit. There are moments when uh, people encounter Jesus and uh, as they do, some are really stirred up and angry about what he's saying because he provokes things in them and they don't don't want to change. For others, their lives are immediately changed. We think of the woman at the well, he uh, an encounter with Jesus and she, her life changes, her lifestyle changes. The Holy Spirit convicts her and works on her. There's a moment with Peter. He knows he's in the presence of Almighty God. Uh, He's been fishing all night, caught nothing. And Jesus says from the shore, throw your net on the other side. And Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus knows that there's a catch of fish. Peter is staggered when they pull in this massive catch of fish. And he says, get away from me. I'm an unclean man. 
Peter knows that he's in the presence of a holy, holy God. He knows that Jesus is the Son of God. He has a revelation in that moment. Now, we are Jesus' ambassadors. That's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5. And so if we carry his presence and if the Holy Spirit fills us, we will have an impact on the people that we meet. We will make a difference. Some people will be offended and won't want anything to do with us, but others will find they're provoked about the way they're living. Others will realise that there's something missing in their lives and there's more, and they'll start to ask questions. It's not about us. It's about us being filled with the Spirit. It's the Spirit that does the work, not us. The third thing that I want to draw out is the Holy Spirit brings confirmation. At the end of Mark's Gospel, it says this, Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. When we're going where he wants us to go, when we're doing what he wants us to do, when we're saying what he wants us to say, the Holy Spirit confirms the gospel, confirms the good news about Jesus with signs and wonders. A sign always points to Jesus, doesn't point to us. It doesn't point to the church. A sign points to the fact that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. A wonder is something that causes people to go, wow, that's amazing. There must be a God in heaven. The Holy Spirit comes and confirms the gospel, confirms the good news, confirms us walking with the Spirit by signs and wonders. I don't know about you, but I want to see more of those things in my life and in the life of the church. I want to see people being healed because Jesus is risen from the dead. I want to see oppressed people being set free. I want to see miraculous answers to prayer because God's at work by his spirit, don't you? We want to see more of God's power amongst us, working in signs and wonders. You see, Jesus has called us to complete the task that he has started. It's a huge task. It's called the Great Commission. Go into all the nations and make disciples of them. Wow, can we do that? Not on our own, but by the power of the Holy Spirit within us, we can. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to undertake the task God had called him to do, then we certainly do. We need the Holy Spirit. We need to be people filled with the Spirit. The challenge Jesus gave his disciples was to go. The challenge is still the same today. He calls us to go, to be a people who go. We're not to be hemmed in by walls, but we're to go into our neighbourhoods, our streets, our communities, our workplaces. And we're to be those who walk by the power of the Holy Spirit and see God work amongst the people that we interface with because we pray for them, because we share the truth about who Jesus is with them when we get the right opportunity. God works and backs up and confirms the truth about Jesus by working in people's lives, by answering prayer. 
And we want to see more of that, don't we? So as we draw to a conclusion this morning, we need the Holy Spirit. He is not an optional extra. We need to be filled every day with the Spirit. What about you? Are you filled with the Spirit? Do you need more of the Spirit in your life? I do. Every day I get up, God, fill me afresh with your Spirit. Why don't you, right where you are, in your living rooms right now, ask God, God, come and fill me with your Spirit right now. Just give you a moment to do that. Maybe you're watching and you've never given your life to Jesus. You can do it right now. You can say, Jesus, I put my trust in you. I believe you died for me. Holy Spirit, come and fill me right now. And you know what? God will do it. God promises that those who put their trust in Jesus and ask, all we need to do is ask. If we ask our Father in heaven, he promises to come and give us good gifts. He promises to come and give us his spirit. God wants us to be a people filled with the spirit. He wants to change us, to make us more like Jesus. He wants to uh, change us on the inside, to convict us and, and work in our lives. He wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. He wants to take us where he wants us to be. And he wants to confirm the good news about Jesus through answering our prayers and meeting the people that we interface with, with signs and wonders that point them to the fact that there is a God in heaven who loves them. I want you to listen to this. It's a quote by C.H. Spurgeon written about 150 years ago. Let us not be satisfied with the sip that saves, but let us go on to the baptism which buries the flesh and raises us in the likeness of the risen Lord. Let us seek that baptism into the Holy Spirit and into the fire that makes us spiritual and sets us all on flame with zeal for the glory of God and eagerness for usefulness by which that glory may be increased among the sons of men. Let our prayer be, God, fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit and let your kingdom come.